Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching, whether it's stories and ideas from my own classrooms or lessons I've learned from other educators. I love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school and for their educators to thrive as well. So that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can we lead a more dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 42. We've been doing this for a while now. Episode 42. Um, it is the holiday season as I record this. So actually Christmas is about six days away. And uh, and it feels like it where I live. I live in Michigan and we've gotten the surprise uh, dusting of snow. So everything's white and it just feels kind of festive and good. And my kids have half days of school this week. And so it's just it's all kind of building uh, to what feels like the year's climax. And so, yeah, that's where we're at here. Last week I was down, or not down, I was across uh, the continent in Salt Lake City, Utah with a bunch of unbelievable teachers out there for a couple days. Um, and uh, there, there was two things I just absolutely loved about that trip. One was obviously being with these teachers. We, we just spent a couple days talking about and learning and exploring and brainstorming and dreaming with project-based learning and how do we turn our curriculum into something that's purposeful and meaningful for students. And so I got to just be with some amazing people as we dreamt together um, and planned up some really cool stuff. But uh, when you're in Salt Lake City, you gotta you gotta bring your skis with you. And so. Um, I, uh, I I brought my skis out with me, and I would you know lead this workshop until about 3 p.m. and then go straight from the workshop to a ski slope about an hour away uh, from where I was with these teachers, and I would just spend the rest of the afternoon and evening by myself skiing the slopes of Utah, and it was glorious. It was so much fun. I would just pop in my AirPods and listen to David Brothers and just cruise down those slopes. And it was a little lonely doing something like that all by yourself, uh, but it was also super peaceful and wonderful and restful and exciting and just all of that at once. So that was last week. And then I came home um, and just kind of wrapping up the year right now, just trying to figure out what do I need to do before uh, I go into snooze mode in the holidays and eating a bunch and, and resting and preparing for another year and all that comes with it. Like, what, what do I need to get done? And so th it's funny, this week before, whether you are a classroom teacher, whether you are an administrator, whether you're uh, a bus driver, whatever you do, th there's if you're like me, there's kind of this weird tension right now, right? Like it, you can start to you know put it a little bit on cruise control like the stakes are usually a little bit lower this final week even if you teach secondary um you know your kids might be taking exams but that doesn't require a ton out of you maybe some classroom management but um you can start to maybe put it on cruise control a little bit or maybe you teach elementary or middle school and you know this week leading up is kind of a little bit more celebratory you're having class parties you're doing theme stuff maybe it's um, maybe it's more a little bit more holiday and a little less academic. I, I, I cannot speak for everybody, uh, but that, that's kind of what this week feels like a bit. And yet there's also this underlying stress or tension about, oh, I've got this stuff I've got to get done. And, and maybe it's with school. I've got to close up my grades or uh, I, I maybe I feel this, this and we're going to get to this a little bit more in just a second. But maybe I feel this guilt that we're not doing 
quote unquote rigorous work this week and and I don't have enough plan that's keeping students really really challenged and I and so I feel that tension or maybe it's not even school related maybe it's oh I've got family coming into town and I don't like hosting or I've got a lot of hosting to do and I've got to get my house ready and to fill in the blank this this week can carry a lot and so if that's you if I'm describing you just know I'm also describing me <laughs> um, and, so, and and I'm probably describing some others as well so you're not alone in feeling that tension but you're also probably if you work in a school you're probably also quite ready for a break and I would encourage you to treat it as such um, and and realize that yeah breaks are good and uh, th- and we have them for a reason um, but let's talk about this week right now though so and and let's say you're listening to this after uh, the holidays so you you download this in January feel free to skip ahead just two minutes I just want to make a quick point about the holidays uh, and then I want to make a point that's a little bit that's connected to what we're about to talk about but it's more general um, for the rest of the year but and you know what you know what if it's January or February that you're listening to this just keep listening I I think this is all going to make sense Um, you know this week before the holidays like I said like it's it's less rigorous and I get sick of that word but we all know it now Um, it's usually like there's less like hardcore teaching happening and a little bit more celebration, fun, uh, holidays, uh, reflection, um, joy, right? Like there, there, there's a lot of that happening. And, and I think from the outside looking in at a classroom, it's like, oh, the week before Christmas break, the week before the holiday break, the extended time away from school is a waste of time, right? We're wasting everybody's time. We're wasting teacher's time. Uh, because they're they're not necessarily doing that hard academic work we're wasting students time we're wasting everybody's time by having school this week because we know not a whole lot is getting done Um, and now I'm not saying that's true but I think from the outside that's what a lot of people might think or even yourself you might think like gosh we we have a Christmas party on Thursday Uh, I'm having students we're decorating the room on this day oh did I say Christmas party we're having a holiday party let's let's keep it uh, neutral in that area but this is a podcast we can we can make little foils no the, the point is we're doing these celebratory things as we get ready for the holidays whether that's Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or or just celebrating being away and and having some festive time outside of school it it can be a little bit looser right now and and it might not look as efficate I remember one time I was working uh, at a high school and, and we, I had this day plan where my students were going to do all these fun, different holiday-based games. And, and it was just fun. And I knew the kids would get into it. And uh, I remember sharing at a staff meeting that that's what I was going to do on that day. And another teacher said, well, I don't know if, uh, you know, the district will approve of this lack of efficacy. And I remember those were the exact words that, like, you know, this lacks efficacy. I'm not sure uh, how the district's going to feel about that. And uh, that's, that really stuck with me because I wanted to be able to listen I wanted to be like listen I get it it doesn't it's not rich in content standards right like it's it's not uh, it doesn't cover all the bases but what it does do is builds community with our students 
right? Like what it does do is tells kids that, hey, there are things to celebrate. We just made it through a whole semester and now it's paying off. We're celebrating that we made it here. We're celebrating that we're together, that we, that we still can be in a classroom together and enjoy each other's presence. We're celebrating being alive and, 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 and we're ha experiencing joy and fun and it's good. And, and when you do that, you're building cohesion within your class. Like, yeah, it might not look efficate if that's where we're going to use but it is there, there's there's a method to the madness behind it you know I've got a second and fourth grade uh, second grader and a fourth grader living in my home they're also my children but they're also second and fourth graders and I cannot even begin to tell you how much excitement they have around this week because both of their teachers are treating this week as a festive experience there's dress-up days there's spirit days there's there's a big class party on Thursday which I'm helping chaperone by the way so pray for me like there, there's all of this fun going into it, not to mention the, the, the anticipation for the break coming up. Like it's an exciting week to be alive. My little girl got off the bus yesterday and she just was gushing about the fun they had, about this writing assignment her teacher gave um, that was related to holidays and fun. And, and it's just, it's good. And you, humans like good, fun things. It's, it's some of the, the celebrating and having fun and being together is some of the best parts of being human. And I think it's really important that we give that to our students. I think it's crucial that we create spaces, not all the time. Life is not always a celebration. Life is not always fun. And so therefore, I don't think school should be. School is a big part of a child's life. So yeah, no, it, it's, it's not supposed to always be fun. But darn it, I think sometimes it should be. Right, because I, I know I want to mix it up in my own work life. You know, either I'm teaching or I'm, I'm traveling to speak or I'm writing or I'm creating videos or I'm making podcasts or I'm researching or I'm uh, teaching in, in different classrooms or working with college students. Whatever it is I'm doing, I want to experience some unique joy in it. I don't want it to all be about the content that I'm working with. I want there to be some, some variety and flavor and just an unadulterated joy to it. Of course I do. And I bet you do as well. And so do kids. And so I don't think holiday parties or watching the movie Elf and other Christmas movies or holiday movies or, or Jingle All the way or or whatever it is i don't think those things should carry any amount of shame this week before holiday break i don't because i think that there's method to the madness i think it bonds us i think it brings our students our classes together um, and i think it says hey we can work hard in here and we can play in here we can have fun in here we can experience joy school is a place where joy resides and so um we're, we're gonna we're gonna soak that in and we're gonna embrace it so if that's you this week if you're feeling any type of shame <laughs> around um what you have planned or don't have planned uh maybe just let that go maybe that's not very helpful um and instead lean into the 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 wonder uh that that is childhood and and the, the joy that can come with it especially this time of year maybe not for every student but that's another point and i think we already did a podcast on this but maybe not every student is looking forward to the holidays because maybe it's not festive when they get home which to me 
And feel free to push back on this, but to me, that's all the more reason to have some festive experience in school. Because there's some kids, and it's, this isn't holiday religious related, this is just the reality that there's some kids who live in homes that is just full of stress and, and maybe abuse and trauma and lack of warm air and good food and, and going skiing or playing video games all day. Like, you know, I, 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 I've had so many students who don't look forward to the holiday break because it's not a place that they want to be for two weeks. They don't want to be away from school that long. Um, and those students, in my experience, have always seemed to lean a little bit more into the festive celebration that we have uh, the week leading up to holiday break. Um, and so, yeah, maybe one of the reasons we do it is is for them. And, and, and it's for the class and it's for the culture. It's for the cohesion. Um, so, yeah, from the outside looking in, it might not look good. But I don't care what the outside thinks, because as educators, we know what it means to bind our class together. We know what the power is behind a healthy, joyous classroom culture and the way that students respond to that. Um, you know, there, there, there's, uh, there's a direct correlation into student engagement within the culture and climate of our classrooms and the way they engage with the content, with the academics, the way they engage socially with other students, the way they grow mentally and emotionally and, and in their own maturity, that it's all connected. Um, and so what somebody might say is like, oh, frivolous. It's like, oh no, this isn't frivolous. This is calculated, right? I am intentionally building culture because I know a healthy culture leads to healthy results. Students success always follows um, being in a classroom that they feel comfortable and safe and want a desire to actually be in. And so that's the other, that's the main point I wanted to get to. So if you're listening to this uh, beyond the month of December, I think all this applies, but um, let's, let's shift into that mode. I want to talk about controlled chaos for a moment. Um, so you might have heard the term controlled chaos, and I was trying to think, what's the best definition of controlled chaos? Like, and what is it? And I th I, this is what I've kind of come up with. I think controlled chaos is when a teacher is striking that fine balance between order and spontaneity. I'll say that again. My definition for controlled chaos is that fine balance between order and spontaneity. Sometimes it can look like a, a well-behaved, engaged classroom is one in which students are silent and the teacher has complete control over every event that occurs in the classroom. They know what's being said, they know what's being taught, they know what students are supposed to be doing, and students know this as well and are therefore abiding by these rules. And, and so uh, the, an engaged classroom is a controlled one. And it's like, listen, I get that. I, I understand that sentiment. But I've just found over and over that just because students are quiet and maybe even compliant doesn't mean they're actually engaged. Doesn't mean they're actually learning and growing and developing. Um, it just means they're, they're following the rules. And for whatever reason, maybe that's out of respect for teacher. Maybe that's because it's been ingrained for a long, long time. Maybe it's because of threat of punishment. Whatever the reason, that means students are compliant, but that doesn't necessarily mean engaged. Now the chaos component to controlled, there's, there's this order to the classroom. So it's controlled. But also there's this spontaneity. There's also, there's also curveballs. It's not necessarily, you can't expect um, everything. Sometimes it might look from the outside that, boy, this looks a little chaotic. But in reality, the teacher has a set of tools and, and wisdom and knowledge on how to keep control within all of the chaos that's unfolding. So for instance, 
Um, you know, one of my favorite units I used to teach when I was teaching ninth grade uh, world history is we would be teaching World War One, and uh, every year this was my favorite thing. I always this is one of the things that I used to dream of doing before I became an educator. I was like, oh, someday when I'm a teacher, I really want to dress up and like act things out with my students. I've always had a flair for the dramatic, um, and I was like, oh, this is something I want to do. And so when I became a teacher, first year, I was like, all right, now's my chance. And so uh, I I'd go to a, a costume store and I would rent a World War One uniform. They actually had one at this really sweet costume store here in Grand Rapids and I would rent uh, an officer's uniform for the British uh, Armed Forces and I would wear this uh, this uniform and I'd put on a mustache and a hat and I would go in to school that day and my students would come into my classroom and they would see me dressed all ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, I had no illusions that I looked cool. But oh man, the kids were like, what is this? I was like, take your seats and uh, I would say and, and I actually I'd say it like this I'd say take your seats then because I'd put on a really bad Scottish accent and I'd be like hello kids I'm your teacher today but I'm not your teacher I'm the captain of the armed forces and we are take, we are going in the battle now if you're from Scotland right now you probably hate me and that's totally understandable but I couldn't get enough of it I am Captain Muir and uh, we are going to battle today but first we're gonna have to learn what the battles look like and I would do a whole lesson on what trench warfare looks like and I would show kids diagrams and how it worked and everything. And then I would split them into each halves. We would have, um, uh, you know, the German forces and the British forces. And we would talk about how to build our trenches. And then we would flip our tables over on the side and we would build trenches and we'd make them all like that. And then uh, I would give students a ton of paper balls. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but this is what we did every year. We'd have a bunch of paper balls and then we'd have yellow balls that would signify mustard gas. And it's a little morbid. Yeah. Maybe do, I don't know. If, I'm not saying go do this. I'm just saying I did do it. And if you don't like it, well, this is what happened. And kids loved it because then I would start this like intense music and turn down the lights and put, put on flashing lights and students would all of a sudden go into trench warfare and we'd have medics. And if you got hit by a paper ball, you'd have to pull, we'd have the medics go out and they were safe and they could pull students back in. And, and, and we, I would pause the battle. I would pause the music and say, everybody, it's Christmas. And I would start playing Christmas music. And if you know anything about the 1914 Christmas armistice, you know that both sides of the battle paused all warfare for one day um, because they just refused to fight on Christmas and they came out of the trenches and they celebrated Christmas together. They played soccer. Uh, they, they sang carols together. They exchanged gifts and they actually did this. This is a true story in human history. They paused World War I and uh, celebrated Christmas and then sadly at the end of that day their officers made them go back in the trenches and the war continued for another four years but there was this break called the Christmas Armistice and so I paused my students battle and I would tell them the story of the Christmas armistice and then I would give everybody chocolate and they would exchange chocolate with each other and they would talk and play and we'd play a little soccer game and then I would end it and they'd go back in their trenches and then I would pause it and have them write letters home so like we're learning about World War One by doing this really fun activity and I remember every year we did this people would walk by in the hallway 
and you'd look into Mr. Muir's room and you'd be like, that is pure chaos. Or that Mr. Muir is just trying to have fun. This cannot be a World War I lesson that's actually helpful, right? That doesn't look very rigorous. <laughs> um, but thankfully, I had a principal the first year I did this, the first three years we did it, who just really understood that, you know what? A, they're learning a little about World War I, right? Like when I'm talking about the Christmas armistice, when I'm talking about writing letters home, when we're looking at how trench warfare works, my students are learning something here. But let's be honest, they could have learned those same lessons through direct instruction or through reading or through discussion or, or something else. But there was this element of, of the spontaneity and the fun and the ridiculousness and the laughing and, and the experience, the hands-on kinesthetic aspect of this activity that made it stick a little bit more, that brought my students together, that created cohesion. There was method to the madness. There was control to the chaos. Are you with me? Right? My students loved it. And I loved it. Right? Like, I loved it. I want to have fun. And, and my principal got that. And that's why we were allowed to do it. Because even though she's like, oh, Mr. Muir, you're nuts. I'm like, yeah, I know. But she's also like, yeah, boy, your kids love your class. I'm like, yes, I do. I want them to. I want them to love parts of school. Because the truth is, the day after the World War II experience, or World War I battles, we cleaned up and it was back to normal. And obviously, I'm always trying to find different ways to inject joy. But you know what? At some point, there was a unit test for World War I. And, and, and they had to do that. And they had to write their essays. And they had to, they had to do some memorizing. And they had, to, they had to write. But, you know, we did our poetry unit for that. And sometimes poetry is really, really fun. Sometimes poetry is tedious. And we did some tedious poetry writing during that as well. And it wasn't all fun and games. It wasn't all spontaneous. It wasn't all controlled chaos. Sometimes it was controlled um, but I got more engagement out of my students during some of those maybe mediocre moments because they saw the joy that can be had in school, right? Like they, they, they saw the fun. They felt trusted. They also knew that like, man, if you guys go a little nuts with this, if we're not being careful, if, if, if when I ask you to settle down at the end of the trench warfare battle and you don't, then we can't do more stuff like this. And so I need, I'm going to trust that we can do this, um, all of a sudden, students become more compliant because they want more of this. Uh, and so am I saying, oh, you need to go and do a big epic battle every time you teach something or you have to do this big giant simulation? No, that's not really my point. I think my point instead is that, you know what, there is, well, that might be part of my point. It's a lot of fun. But if that's not you, that's totally fine. I think instead the message is that I'd like to share with you is that it's okay for sometimes things to be a little spontaneous. It's okay to have some controlled chaos, right? Like sometimes when you put students into groups and they're collaborating together, Collaboration can be a little chaotic sometimes, you know, as much as, you know, you can use group contracts and have students use project management logs to log what they're supposed to be doing. You can give them peer and self assessments, the teamwork assessment that's helping them assess how each other are working and give each other feedback. And you can teach them accountability and language and you can do all these things, which I love to talk about and to help teachers learn how to do. Um, and, and if you want to dive deeper into that, there's lots of ways you can do that uh, by going to my website, epicpbl.com where I've got a bunch of free resources on managing collaboration. And I promise they do help for any grade level, with kindergarten through college. You can use some of these tools and processes and they will help students work more effectively in groups. But I'm not going to lie to you. 
students will still sometimes get off task and be social when they're working together, right? Sometimes, no matter, you can put in all the safeguards you want, sometimes you're still gonna have students who do not trust everybody else well enough to where they take it over and don't let anybody else cooperate and, and, and work with them. Or maybe you're still gonna have kids that are just being lazy and they're being like the logs of the group. They lay there stagnant like logs while you got the hogs hogging all the work, right? Like you're still gonna have some of that. And, and that's sometimes it feels chaotic and, uh, and that's human, right? Like we get like that too, if we're being honest with ourselves. And yeah, there, there's a potential for chaos. And sometimes we say, you know what? We're just not gonna do that type of work because I just, I don't want it to devolve into any sort of chaos. Um, but then we're also removing what it feels like for students to be trusted. And we're, and we're taking away the opportunities for some of those joy, joyful moments that can only happen in the spontaneity. Maybe we're, we're robbing our classes of a story that can develop, right? Like a good story, you don't know which way it's gonna go all the time. You have a general idea of the direction of a plot. You, you know you want it to go somewhere, but sometimes stories take turns and twists and they, and they go off the plot a bit and that's the good stuff, right? Like that's the stuff that makes a story worth telling. Um, and when we like veer away from, from opportunities where it can get a little chaotic, we're, we're veering away from the good stories that happen in our classroom. That's what epic means, by the way. Epic means story. Uh, it's a story that can happen in our classrooms are ripe with potential for good stories, um, but we have to trust that it's worth letting that happen. And, and, and so I think we have to just get better and better at leaning into controlled chaos, finding better ways to, to help students stay on task or redirect and that and that's a bunch of different strategies we can use um making sure that we have a classroom culture that supports this type of learning that you know we have a maybe a class contract and students are on the same page about hey here's the expectation in here um so maybe it's creating good strong foundations and expectations but then also just trusting that it's worth it and that it's good you know like if you've ever done like a kahoot with kids to practice something and you're doing kahoot and it can get loud and students yell out and 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 you know like maybe you're getting a your, your principal decides to do a teacher evaluation the day that you're doing a kahoot with students and they're yelling out and it's and it's not super orderly and and it might look not look so good to you you might be like oh this is the day you decide to come in and evaluate me is the day I'm having kids yell out their answers or, or it's the day that we're doing group projects or the day that we're uh, uh, doing a simulation this doesn't this doesn't look the best um, it's like hey that's okay because it's like you know there's method to the madness it's just like holiday week you know that there is a reason you're having students celebrate this week because it creates cohesion it creates the possibility for joy to happen and so it's worth it so can it sometimes get out of hand yeah yeah, sometimes chaos happens. Um, but that's where the good stories come from. Let's be honest with ourselves. Nobody ever had a good story uh, when everything went exactly as planned. It just doesn't work that way. The best stories happened when things sometimes get a little chaotic. And what you find is the more you teach and the more you give opportunities for some spontaneity, you know, maybe you say, all right, here's the stipulations. We've got to stick within these, but there is going to be some room for voice and choice and movement here. But we do have to stick within these guidelines. And, and the better you get at that, you know, the, f the more you feel like, oh, I can control some of this chaos. You know, from the outside looking in, it might like, look a little hectic in my classroom. But I know that students are learning and engaging and growing in here. 
And so I'm gonna allow this to keep doing this because I know it's good. And there's something just so true about this. When, when your students are engaging more in our classrooms, when, they, when, when they're in your room and they're loving a little bit more, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to love it more as well. And that's what this class, this, this podcast is about. It's about helping students learn to thrive in school, but it's equally about you thriving as well. So my friends, thanks for listening. Thanks for this great year. I just, I love creating content for educators. Um, as an educator myself, I just, I know that this is hard work, but it's really good work. And so when I create, when I, when I make a podcast like this, when I make videos, when I'm, when I'm writing, when I do all this, I do it for myself as much as for anybody else. Um, it's reminding myself that, oh, you've got to trust and, and allow a little bit of controlled chaos in your own classrooms, in your own workshops. You got to be okay with that. When I, when I say, oh, sometimes you got to dig deep and find what's that purpose behind your work. That's what helps you get going through the tough months, the months like December. Um, it's, I, I'm saying that to myself, too. What is the deeper purpose? Um, so anyway, I just appreciate you being on this journey with me. It's been a really good year, and I'm excited for 2024. Um, I'm excited for the freshness of it. I'm excited to share some new things. I've got a new book coming out this next year, some really cool video projects. Um, you know, starting at the very beginning of the year, I'll be traveling to Houston to be with teachers and then I'll be in uh, Dallas, Texas and Vegas at the end of the month and um, just a bunch of different places. So I'm just excited for what's ahead um, and I'm excited to, to journey alongside you. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. This is Trevor Muir and this is the Epic Classroom Podcast. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays. Um, I hope you all have a joyful and blessed break and time away and if you're listening to this in january february or march or april whenever uh, i hope you're feeling lots of joy and blessing too right now all right thanks friends see you next time talk to you next time